0: what's going on everybody welcome into the locked on nittany lines podcast for friday february 14th 2020 happy valentine's day to all you lovebirds out there guys i hope you treat your girls as well as you possibly can and of course it's a good time to just make sure you let everybody know how much you love them how much they mean to you now a great day to do that but of course you should be doing it every day not just today but especially do it today don't get caught in that mess Anyway, we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always, talking some Penn State football. And we do have a little bit of a football conversation to have with you today. We're going to take a look at the Michigan State coaching hire, which of course has been an ongoing thing we've been keeping an eye on. We'll talk a little bit about that in our first segment. We'll talk a little bit about spring football coming up. Of course, a little bit of a development with one of the players not playing this spring. We'll talk about that. Not a big deal, though. Don't be too concerned. And in our third and final segment, we're going to dive out of the world of football. We're going to talk a look, take a look at the upcoming weekend for Penn State basketball and Penn State hockey. Huge weekends on tap for the Nittany Lions on the hard court and on the ice. So we'll talk a little bit about that in our third segment. Maybe we'll start mixing in some of that conversation because, my goodness, that Penn State basketball team, pretty fun we want to make sure you are not missing a single episode of this podcast so make sure you're subscribed to all your favorite podcasting apps such as itunes and google play spotify stitcher iHeartRadio. we also want to make sure you're leaving a review leave a rating help support the show but we also just genuinely like the feedback we like to know what you guys think about the show and we want you to be a part of the show so stay connected with us on twitter at locked Check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash You can send us questions, you can send us comments, anything you've got on the top of your head. Shoot it our way. We'll try to mix it into the show for you at some point as well. With all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. actually start today's episode by not talking about Penn State football, but Michigan State football, and that's because they did find their next head coach who's going to be the successor to Mark D'Antonio, who resigned suddenly last week, just before National Signing Day. Michigan State has hired Mel Tucker of Colorado, the, the Colorado head coach who just days ago reconfirmed his commitment to Colorado. They put out a statement with him saying that he was going to be sticking at Colorado. They put out a statement from the AD, happy to have Mel Tucker continuing to be committed to that program. Now, all of a sudden, Michigan State turns around and says, well, all right, well, maybe we couldn't get you the first time, but what if we give you $5.5 million? Will that be enough? And Mel Tucker, yes, he says, that's a, that's enough. That, that I will take that money, and I will coach your football program. So Mel Tucker is going to leave Colorado from the Pac-12, for the Big Ten money that comes from Michigan State, who I think was getting a little bit nervous and maybe a little bit desperate. Not to say that Mel Tucker is a bad coach, because I do kind of like his potential. It's just he's only had one year of head coaching experience since leaving Georgia as an assistant. And Michigan State is really paying this guy a lot of money. So it's going to be pretty tough to live up to some of the hype that I think a $5.5 million contract in your second year as a head coach is going to warrant. But then again, that's just the reality that is Big Ten money right now. Big Ten schools, SEC schools, they all have a lot of money coming in through their conference revenue shares. And that's something that the Pac-12 has continued to really struggle with. So when you look at the picture of another Pac-12 coach leaving for another power conference program outside of the Pac-12, this is the second time this coaching carousel that a Pac-12 coach has left for another school in the SEC or the Big Ten and getting a lot of money. Of course, the other one was Mike Leach leaving Washington State, going down and replacing former Penn State offense coordinator Joe Moorhead as the head coach at Mississippi State. So it's a pretty tough time for the Pac-12. And if you haven't been paying attention to these kinds of things like I have, you know, conference revenue shares, they're good in the Pac-12, but they're not as good as they are in the Big Ten or the SEC. I, I believe the ACC has better revenue sharing overall as well, although it's a little bit different the way the ACC divvies up the money. But Big Ten schools, SEC schools, they're getting somewhere between 30 and $40 million. Is it up to $50 million? I've actually lost track, and I don't know off the top of my head. But the revenue shares that the Big Ten schools like Penn State and the SEC schools like Alabama and LSU, the money that those schools get through their conference revenues is astounding. And it's something that the Big 12 has struggled to keep up with. The ACC has had their issues as well, although the ACC is getting better And, of course, the Pac-12 has just been having this ongoing conversation the last how many years now? And it's not so much just the product on the field and on the basketball courts where the Pac-12 is struggling. It is in keeping up with the Joneses that are their power conference fears. Now, a lot of times the question will come up, is the Pac-12 actually still a major Uh, power conference? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Definitively, it is a yes. It's not on the same level as the American Athletic Conference or the Mountain West Conference. There is still a disparity between the Pac-12 and those other group of five uh, conferences that are out there. Uh, So don't confuse what we're seeing with the results on the field and on the basketball court and and with the conference revenues. Uh, The Pac-12 is still making a lot more money than those group of five conferences. It's not even close. But I think when you get caught up in comparing what the pac-12 brings in compared to what the big 10 and the sec bring in because the big 10 and the sec are really just playing on a different playing field from everybody else again the acc is kind of catching up a little bit and i think there's a lot to like about the acc revenue sharing if you're in that conference for the most part and the big 12 it's not as bad as you would think and i think the fact that you're only dividing that revenue between 10 members Uh, kind of helps as well. So the Big 12 may not bring in as much money, but the revenue sharing that is uh, throughout the Big 12, even though they divvy up the money disproportionately, they don't give an even split to everybody. I'm pretty sure Texas and Oklahoma make a lot more money than, say, Baylor and West Virginia. Not that those schools are making chump change, but Oklahoma and Texas are getting a little bit more of that share from the big 12. But the bottom line is it's good to be in the big 10 right now. And you see it with a move like this with Michigan state being able to go out and basically double Mel Tucker's pay that he was getting at Colorado. Now, Couple things to keep in mind: He was a first-time head coach, so a lot of times first-year head coaches are going to make a little bit less money. Uh, but I think Michigan State going out and uh, saying that they were going to double his salary, basically uh, in his second year as a head coach, to come and coach the Spartans. Uh, that that speaks volumes in so many ways because it's just uh, continuing to show that. Big Ten schools have the money to make coaches happy. Now, we'll see what Mel Tucker does with his coaching staff. Again, we'll keep an eye out to see if any coachings or any assistant coaches from the Penn State staff ended up making their way to East Lansing. Although Penn State has hopefully finalized their coaching staff and their assignments for the season, which we discussed in last week's episode, I believe, uh, as we got ready for the weekend. Or maybe it was earlier this week. I actually don't remember which episode it was. But uh, Penn State has their coaching staff for now. It looks like it's going to stay stabilized. But, of course, we got a new head coach in the in the Big Ten East. We will take a look to see what he does. And maybe we'll reach out to our friends at Locked On Spartans. We'll touch base with them as we will some other Big Ten hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network this offseason. Really gearing up for the spring A lot of stuff going on in this division. So it's going to be a pretty fun uh, time to catch up with everybody and see what everybody's doing around the Big Ten Conference and especially the Big Ten East Division as we go forward with the spring football. Speaking of which, let's talk some spring football in our next segment. We're only in the middle of February, but before you know it, spring football practices are going to be underway at Penn State, around the Big Ten, and around the country. And in fact, a couple places out there, maybe more so in some warmer weather climates, are already getting ready with their spring practices we have our first spring football game coming up on Saturday, February 22nd, next weekend. It's going to be played by San Diego, not San Diego state, but the San Diego program that was previously coached by current Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh. So San Diego is the first spring game on the schedule, according to FBSchedules.com. And then of course, we're going to get one more the following week to round out February on February 29th with William and Mary first Thursday of March, March 5th, we're going to get our first FBS spring football game played by Coastal Carolina. A couple days later, the Citadel and Wofford will get in on the action. We've got a couple more uh, FCS programs are going to be kicking off with their spring games. You get Arkansas State on March 19th, another Thursday. And then... The end of March is going to come up. You got Arizona State and San Jose State. And then we get into April, which, of course, is the busiest month for spring football games. We already know that Penn State's spring football game is going to be played on Saturday, April 18th, 2020. It's getting national television coverage this year, live coverage, I should say, on Fox Sports 1. So that'll be pretty interesting to see. It's not just the Big Ten Network, but uh, I don't know if they have announced who the announcers are going to be for that game. I would imagine it's going to be someone connected with the Big Ten Network, maybe bring in somebody that's associated with Penn State, you know, maybe um, you know Michael Robinson or maybe Laura Arrington or maybe even Matt McGloin, although Matt McGloin may be preparing for an XFL championship run. But well, that's a topic of conversation we can dive into much later on in the spring but it's a pretty cool idea to have or a pretty cool thing to see that penn state's spring game is going to get the national television coverage and it, it, this has been kind of the case the last number of years either on most likely the big 10 network or on one of the espn networks i think they was thrown in there at one time uh, but penn state getting a fs1 treatment at a 1 afternoon that'll be pretty cool to see and of course that's a good spotlight opportunity and I was curious to see what Penn State's spring football practice schedule was looking like. And uh, if I totally missed it, I'm sorry. And if t- somebody or somebody else has reported it, uh, please inform me of my, uh, my lacking expertise in this topic. But I do think that it has not been announced yet. And again, just correct me if I'm wrong, please. But I, I wasn't able to find a practice schedule, so I don't know exactly when the practices will officially begin like i said all we know is that the spring game is going to be on saturday april 18th of course that's a big day for penn state on the spring uh schedule it's a, they make it a big event if you have never been to a blue white game strongly consider going there one time and maybe make it this year if you can uh april 18th it's kind of uh, iffy on what kind of weather you're gonna get but it's a pretty cool experience so i would highly advise if you've never been to a spring game or if you've never been to beaver stadium at all yeah, that's a good opportunity to get out there. It's a little bit more relaxed. So there's a little bit more of a fair atmosphere. And of course, people are going to be tailgating. <laughs> the people will always tailgate uh, before a Penn State event in Beaver Stadium. But we will look forward to the spring practice schedule when it is officially announced. Again, if it has been, I totally miss it. I didn't find it on the website. I couldn't find any information on it. So I'm just as eager to find out what it is Uh, once it becomes out. One thing we do know is that for the second spring in a row, wide receiver Mack Hippenhammer will not be participating in spring football practices. And that's because he is a dual sport athlete. He'll be playing baseball. I know that the Daily Collegian reported this uh, back at the end of January. So it's just something that that I kind of missed on when I was on vacation. Although I kind of suspected that that was probably going to be the case because let's face it, he's a pretty good baseball player. (laughs) And I I think having the opportunity to uh, play baseball this time of year. If you can, uh, if you're able to have that opportunity, I say embrace it. And I don't think this necessarily is a bad thing for Hip and Hammer and Penn State football. Obviously, There would be some benefits to be able to go through spring practices as a wide receiver when you have a new wide receivers coach and a new offensive coordinator. But I don't think this is anything that's going to hold hip and hammer back. Obviously, he's still being active. He's not going to be out of shape or anything like that. It just uh, puts him a little bit behind the curve with what could potentially be some new ideas and wrinkles thrown into the, the offense this year. Although I don't, I'm not really anticipating a whole lot's going to change offensively. And certainly uh, with as far as the wide receivers are concerned, I don't think this is going to impact where he potentially lands in the offense in the fall. I think he is one of those guys that a lot of people are kind of hoping becomes a little bit more of a, uh, an important part of the offense moving forward. Because let's face it, and we've discussed this before on the podcast, Penn State needs some wide receivers. They need some wide receivers to really step up if they're going to have any chance to be competitive uh, for a Big Ten title or maybe even a playoff spot in the fall. They're going to need their wide receivers to really rise up to the occasion. And that's why I've said before that having some of these new coaches come in could be good. And I think being able to bring some new ideas to the table, as far especially as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Uh, is going to be something that I don't know if it's necessarily a wild card, but it's something that could potentially benefit Penn State's all, overall impact on the offense going into next season uh, because they need the off. They need playmakers <laughs> at the wide receiver position and, and maybe hip and hammer can eventually become one of those guys that is relied on. To make some big catches at some point during the fall so obviously there are a number of other guys that are going to be fighting for those opportunities as well and that's going to begin the spring now if hip hammer is not going through spring practices that just means a few extra opportunities in practices and maybe even in the spring game for somebody else at a wide receiver position to make a catch or two that really turns the heads from the coaching staff and james franklin so we'll see how this all plays out again don't think this is anything really to be concerned about. You know, they, they let Mac Hibbenhammer play baseball last year, and that's part of the reason he came to Penn State, so he could play baseball and play football. So I say uh, allow those opportunities wherever they present themselves. It's a good recruiting tool for Penn State football, of course, as for well as for uh, Penn State baseball. And since we're turning this podcast into a chance to talk about some non-football-related stories, coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk some Penn State basketball and some Penn State Ice Hockey. Both teams have big weekends on tap in Big Ten play. I've said on multiple occasions on this podcast that I follow Penn State football a lot closer than I probably ever will Penn State basketball. I grew up going to Penn State football games. I grew up watching local college basketball uh, in my area, which is the Philadelphia area. So I had Villanova and Temple and Penn and St. Joe's. And at one point or another, one of those teams was generally rising to the occasion and, and making some NCAA tournament no- noise. And again, because I didn't go to Penn State, I didn't have that connection with Penn State basketball or Penn State wrestling or whatever other Penn State, Penn State volleyball. I just never really had as hardcore of a connection to any of those sports that I did with Penn State football because I grew up going to Penn State football games. I didn't grow up uh, watching Penn State basketball or Penn State volleyball or wrestling or any of those things. But that is about to change right here, right now. And that's because I have to admit, I'm catching a little bit of Penn State basketball fever. I don't know if I'm jumping on a bandwagon. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but I have always been somebody who's going to root for all the local teams. And for me, that's what going to be all those teams from Philadelphia, but I've always rooted for Penn state basketball as well. And the fact that this Penn state basketball season just continues to impress and is really gaining a lot of national recognition and respect for what Pat chambers has been doing with this program. It is really incredible. And I'm just kind of getting myself into the World College Basketball right now, but I've been paying close enough attention to know that this is a year where there is nobody that is seriously running away with this championship or bust mentality this year. It is feeling pretty wide open, and that's not to take away anything from what Penn State has been doing because they are certainly grabbing those opportunities as they come by on a very routine basis right now. And they're a really good team. They're a really fun team to watch from the little bit of basketball that I have watched this year. I've been very entertained by what I'm seeing out of Penn State basketball. And it just feels like there's a completely different vibe with this program. It feels like there's a different mentality. And a lot of that has helped by having a guy like Lamar Stevens who continues to impress and gain a lot of national recognition. Just one player of the week. What, Lou Olson player of the week award for the past week. Uh, he's probably going to wrap up another one before the season is said and done. But I looked at the Big Ten standings just because I was curious to see exactly where Penn State is standing. I didn't realize that they were sitting in second place in the Big Ten. I knew they were in one of those top few spots. But all of a sudden, they're looking like they may not have to play in the Big Ten tournament until... What after the first couple of buys. And that is all unheard of for Penn State basketball. But maybe this is going to become the new norm. I don't know. But the situation for me is I'm seeing Penn State just continue to have a, an awesome season. And I hope that this is turning the corner as a program. And I hope this is something that will be able to be a continued pattern for the program moving forward. I'm not saying a top 10 ranking on a regular basis, but it certainly feels as though this season has the potential to be a program-changing season. It, honestly, it really does feel like this. there's something real going on here. And again, I don't know if this is going to be a flash in the pan, as we have seen before, or if this is going to become pretty much the new norm, where Penn State is going to be a competitive basketball school. Uh, they've got a realistic chance to play in the Big Ten Championship game, maybe even win the Big Ten Championship. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, especially since I'm kind of just diving right in right now. I feel, I, I understand there are people that have been following this program a lot closer than I have for much longer than I have. So don't let me tell you exactly what's going on with this basketball program. You know what's going on with this basketball program. I'm just telling you, I'm hopping on for the bandwagon right now, if you will let me, <laughs> because I want to be a part of, this, of watching this program try to get to those next levels. I want to see this program take those next steps it's something that I've been waiting for for a very long time you know when they built the Bryce Jordan Center back in what 94 95 whatever year that was I thought that that was going to be Penn State getting really invested in that basketball program and they've had a couple of really good years they've won the NIT uh, but they and they've made it to the NCAA tournament a couple of times but we're talking about right now a team with a legitimate chance to win the Big Ten championship. And even the year that they played, I think it was Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, nobody thought that they really had a legitimate chance going into that year to win the Big Ten title. But They were playing on the first day, the second day of the Big Ten tournament, made it all the way to the championship game. That was a Big Ten Cinderella run, if you will. There's nothing Cinderella about this team right now. This is a good team that's playing some really good basketball. And they've got a chance this weekend uh, a home game against Northwestern, a chance to get to 20 wins, and they haven't won 20 games in the regular season since that 2008-2009 run when they went to the NIT. It would be, the, I think, the fourth time since they joined the Big Ten where they would hit the 20-win mark in the regular season. They've had a few 20-win seasons. Uh, they've, had, I should say they've had a couple of extra 20-win seasons, but some of those included wins in the NIT, the Big Ten tournament. This would be 20 wins in the regular season, and we still have a few weeks to play before we get into the Big Ten championship game. Now, the graphic that really caught my attention... And really kind of spearheaded this conversation for me was the one put out by Penn State or Penn State basketball on Twitter saying that they are the highest ranked team in Pennsylvania. And, then you know, earlier this year, I was thinking when Villanova took a loss or two and Penn State scored a big win, I thought maybe there was going to be a chance that Penn State eventually is ranked higher than Villanova. And think about that for a second. Villanova has won two national championships in the last few years, (laughs) and now all of a sudden Penn State is ranked higher than them. I know things change on a year-to-year basis with graduation, especially in college basketball, but just think about where Villanova has been as a program, and and probably still is, uh, to be honest with you, and and, uh, obviously if uh, Villanova were playing Penn State, I think think villanova would win but i don't know because this penn state team has really been putting together some really good wins as well and they've looked really good i watched a little bit of that game at purdue and i can't remember a team like penn state going into a school like purdue and just running away with them now obviously i think ben jones said it best you know this is still a team that's learning how to finish games and how to how to win in certain situations too uh, and it is a learning experience. There are going to be some growing pains. But I feel like, again, I feel like from what I've seen, this Penn State basketball program is building something. And who's to say that they can't make a deep run in the NCAA tournament? As I said earlier, this is not a year where anybody is running away with, in college basketball. This is a year to be had if you're having a good run. And, and Penn State is coming into this weekend ranked, what, 13 in the AP poll this is a team that's not going away. So they've got a chance to get to 20 plus wins. Uh, I'm Trying to think how many wins they can get before the end of the season. You look at the schedule, there's some pretty good matchups in their favor. Uh, I don't see them losing a lot of games going into the Big Ten tournament. So getting to 30 wins, I think is probably going to be a reach, but my goodness, um, Penn State's going to have a lot of wins going into the NCAA tournament. That's the thing. We're sitting here on February 14th and I don't think there's any chance that Penn State misses the NCAA tournament. They're going to be going to the NCAA tournament. unless they just completely go in the tank for the next couple of weeks. But that's not going to happen. You know, Penn State's going to be going to the NCAA tournament. And you know what? They're probably going to have a top four seed. In whatever region, if this continues, uh, that is that is really something I, I don't think I ever would have predicted seeing that day. But going, let's see what happens this weekend against Northwestern. They should win this game. Uh, Northwestern is horrible. <laughs> they blew a huge lead at Rutgers uh, just earlier this week. There is no way that Penn State loses at home to Northwestern. So that's going to be a 20 win season. For the NBA Alliance, real quick, I should mention Penn State hockey also having a big weekend this weekend on the road against Minnesota. Uh, Penn State is ranked number nine in the country. Uh, I'm sorry, they're on the road against Wisconsin, not Minnesota. Uh, of course, sitting in first place in the Big Ten standings, a couple points ahead of Ohio State, Minnesota, and Michigan State. Minnesota is going to be at Notre Dame. Who's got 28 points they're still in the thick of things as well and of course michigan state will be hosting michigan who's got 27 points so uh the big 10 hockey is pretty tight right now and penn state sitting in first place with just a couple weekends to go uh they're gonna get i I guess wisconsin in the final weekend i'm sorry minnesota in the final uh home weekend of the the regular season before we get into the big 10 tournament uh so penn state inching closer to a top seed in the big 10 tournament could be huge. And again, that Penn State hockey program has just been phenomenal to watch grow as quickly as they have. And uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about them another time. But it's a big weekend for Penn State basketball, huge weekend for Penn State hockey. And I cannot believe that we are looking forward to what we're looking forward to this weekend. You know, you know 10 years ago, who would have thought that we'd be talking about Penn State basketball and Penn State hockey? Entering the weekends, you know, vying for first place in the Big Ten. First of all, Big Ten hockey didn't exist 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, Penn State in the top top spot in the Big Ten standings in basketball. Unfathomable to think about that. But here we are, 2020, and uh, Penn State sports are killing it right now in on the hardcore and on the ice. Now we'll see if the football team can do it in the fall, too. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Nittany Alliance podcast. A lot of stuff uh, to cover in today's episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll continue doing some more basketball conversation and maybe some hockey conversation because uh, we do have some time to fill before we get around to spring football. But of course, we will be starting to look ahead to spring football in the coming weeks, so don't worry about that. Uh, I want to make sure you never miss a single episode. So make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting apps, such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio iHeartRadio. We also have the RSS feed out there as well. And of course, we want to make sure you are leaving your ratings, leave your reviews. uh, Let us know what your feedback is. We want to hear from you guys. And you can connect with us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash If you're listening to this before, 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday, today, Valentine's Day, check out our Facebook page then. We're going to try a live Facebook video chat with you guys right on the Facebook page. So facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany 4 p.m. Eastern today if you are listening to this in advance. We're going to try it out. We'll try to make it a little bit more of a regular routine as well. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my national college football coverage on Athlonsports.com and on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. Well, once again, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. I thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, sharing it with your loved ones as well. And I hope you guys have a great night. Have a great weekend and come back on Monday. We'll do it all again next week. Talking some Penn State football right here on the Locked On Mid Lions podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you Monday.